the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Tonight is the beginning of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the second of the three fall holy days, right? We will finish um, Rosh Hashanah today in terms of the message, and then we'll speak also today of Yom Kippur. So first let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this season. We thank you, O Lord, for this time of prayer and fasting where there certainly has been a renewal of hunger for you. And so I pray for a continual pouring out of your spirit. I pray, Lord, that you will receive tremendous glory and testimony from the things that you have done in our lives, that we will see it and we will rejoice. So we bless you, we honor you, and thank you. We ask you to anoint this time that we have together. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, I... Pray that this radio program ministers to you, and as always, I ask if you can help us uh, prayerfully or financially. We would love that financially. Just call Karen at 813-831-5673. I'm hoping that you will invite a Jewish pre-believer to watch with you on Yom Kippur, our Yom Kippur service tonight at 7 and tomorrow at 11 a.m. You'll find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Shoresh David, or as we call it, Shoresh David. Today is the 39th day, wow, of our 40-day days of prayer and fasting, which will obviously end tomorrow at the end of Yom Kippur. And last week I mentioned concerning Rosh Hashanah that there were five themes. We went over Malchiot, the kingship of God. We went over the blowing of the shofar, Yom Teruah. And we went over believing God for a sweet new year. So we have two more to go over 
Uh, the fourth one is recognizing our sin and repenting. Not going to say very much about that. It's a little more of a Yom Kippur type message, but uh, there is a interesting tradition that is done in some of the synagogues, uh, the more religious ones, called Tashlich. And what that is, you take breadcrumbs and you go to an area of water and throw them in, representing you're getting rid of your sins. Now, before you say, huh, you have to read Micah 7, 18 and 19, what this is based on. It says, who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity, overlooking transgression for the remnant of his heritage? He will not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Okay, so that's where it comes from. Also, Rosh Hashanah is that beginning of the 10 days of awe where there's all, it's it's meant to be introspection about our sin and repentance. And so, uh, but let's go on to the last uh, subject of Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah. The Book of Life. Now, we ask to be remembered before the Lord on Rosh Hashanah. We relate to God as an ultimate judge. And so the Book of Life is a tradition based on Scripture again. The tradition is that on Rosh Hashanah, God opens the Book of Life. And if the good that you have done outweighs the bad, you are written in the Book of Life. Though that is a wonderful tradition. Certainly, Scripture does not speak about a book of life and Scripture in that way. It, it, but certainly, it talks about being good. Uh, but let's look at some of the Scriptures on the book of life. Psalm 69, starting with 28, verse 28. Add guilt to their guilt. May they not come into your righteousness. May they be wiped out of the book of life and not be recorded with the righteous. But I, I am afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me up on high. We also see in the book of Daniel 7, verse 10, the court was seated and the books were open. This is talking about Daniel's vision where he sees the Lord. So it gives us an understanding that there's more than one book. Uh, Now, tradition, based on that scripture from the Talmud, the writings of the rabbis in the first and second centuries, say that there are three books, one for the bad, one for the righteous, and one for those yet to be determined. (laughs) So this is where one of the understandings of doing good works brings you into salvation in the Jewish community. This is what they believe. And so the good works that they mention for salvation would be prayer, repentance, and righteousness. Actually, righteousness and charity are the same word, really, in Hebrew. And basically, we're talking about giving to the poor. So uh, Jewish thought is that we should be especially kind and filled with good works in these 10 days of awe. Uh, Traditions show us that the importance of good works and that our heart obviously should be right before the Lord, but we know that good works by themselves, they're good, 
But that's not what puts us in God's book of life. There's only one way that we get into God's book of life, and that is for us to receive Yeshua into our lives. And he is our atonement. He is the way for salvation. No amount of good works will help. But uh, going back to the book of life, we see that Exodus 32, 33, uh, Adonai said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. And we know that in Ecclesiastes 7.20, all have sinned. So once again, it's the need for Yeshua as our atonement. We see in Revelation 20, verse 15, it declares, And if anyone was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. We believe that the book of life is that set of names of those who will live with God forever in heaven because they received Yeshua as their Messiah. Another interesting scripture, Revelation 3, 5, and 6, The one who overcomes thus will be dressed in white clothes. I will never blot his name out of the book of life and will confess his name before my Father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Ruach is saying to Messiah's communities. But look, we have to balance this outright with Yeshua saying in John 5, 24, Amen, I tell you, whoever hears my word and trusts the one who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed over from death into life. And one of the scriptures that I think about during this time in particular is Hebrews ten thirty one. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Think about that one for a while. Yeah. So we see that our Hebrew scriptures direct us to Yeshua. We we know certainly Isaiah 53, 6, Isaiah 53, 11, and 12. We won't go over those right now. But I, I would just say to everybody that when the... Uh, Shofar is blown. Um, The question is, are you ready? It's a reminder of our need to be ready. And we have no idea when that last trumpet will call. So um, if you're listening to my voice and you have not received Yeshua as your Messiah, I believe these fall feasts, these Jewish fall feasts should motivate you very quickly, very quickly, yes. We go from there to uh, the understanding of Yom Kippur. And as we look at Yom Kippur, it means the Day of Atonement. And that pretty much explains this appointed time. It's about, it's a day that is set aside to afflict the soul, to atone for the sins of the past year. So the traditional thought is that on Yom Kippur, the judgment entered into God's books is sealed. This day is essentially your last appeal, your last chance to change the judgment, to demonstrate your repentance and make amends. As a generalization, the Jewish people are so close and yet so far away. So if you have Jewish friends, listen closely so that you can 
share with them and understand where they're coming from, but realizing that Jewish people are, like any other group, very different. So between uh, different types of Jews. So don't make too many generalizations as you think about them. Leviticus 23, verse 26, Adonai spoke to Moses saying, the 10th month of this seventh, I'm sorry, the 10th day of this seventh month is Yom Kippur, a holy convocation to you. So you are to afflict yourselves. You are to bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. You are not to do any kind of work on that set day, for it is Yom Kippur to make atonement for you before Adonai your God. For anyone who does not deny himself on that day must be cut off from his people. Anyone who does any kind of work on that day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You should do no kind of work. It is a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Verse 32, it is to be a Shabbat of solemn rest for you, and you are to humble your souls on the ninth day of the month in the evening, from the evening until the evening, you are to keep your Shabbat. Whoa, how is that for being intense? Okay, (laughs) I'm telling you. So the bottom line is you're supposed to attend services. You offer by, do an offering by fire, and I believe that is to be, our at this point, the fire in our heart. Uh, three, you deny yourself. You afflict your soul. You fast. You humble yourself. You Number four, do no work. You or anybody among you. And number five, you observe Yom Kippur forever. It's the seventh month, the tenth day. So you really get the seriousness of this day. God reveals to you that you have sinned. God asks you to spend a day humbling and afflicting your flesh. You repent. God provides forgiveness. Yeshua, the high priest, did all the work. It is safe now. Come into his presence and his love. Even many believers have trouble with this. Yom Kippur is about being cleansed and then learning how to receive God's love. When you are cleansed by his atoning work, God's love just envelops you. Amen? It is very sad to me that most Jewish people don't see this. They treat Yom Kippur as a solemn day, and they have traditions, and they fast, However, the understanding of Yom Kippur prophetically is just not in their thoughts. And where do we get the sense of Yeshua being the high priest and and the purpose of the high priest? It comes from Leviticus 16. Look, let me read this to you and you'll see the need for a high priest. So when Jewish people come to you and they say that they don't need anybody to help them come to God, they don't realize that Jewish people have always had someone to bring them closer to God. 
But speaking of the high priest, it says this in verse 16 of chapter 16 of Leviticus. So he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions for their sins. So he shall do the Uh, So for the tabernacle of meetings, which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness, there shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting when he, meaning the high priest, goes in to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out that he may make atonement for himself, for his household and for all the assembly of Israel. So the high priest makes atonement. No one's there with him. It's him alone. Your sins were atoned for because of what the high priest has done. And who is our high priest? Yeshua, look, the foundation of Yeshua's atoning work at Yom Kippur is best seen in in the book of Hebrews in the New Covenant, starting in uh, verse 9. I'm sorry, chapter 9, verse 11. So as we... Keep it in mind, remember Leviticus 17.11, because you remember the life of the flesh is in the blood. So let's read. But when Messiah appeared as Kohen Gadol, the high priest, of the good things that have now come, passing through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, He entered into the holies once for all, not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Messiah who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleansed our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. For this reason, he's the mediator of the new covenant in order that those called may receive the promise eternal inheritance, since a death has to take place that redeems them from violations under the first covenant. For where there is a covenant, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a covenant is secured upon the basis of dead bodies, since it has no strength as long as the one who made it lives. That is why not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. Amen. Okay, so Romans 3.23 says, We've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. They are set right as a gift of his grace through the redemption that is in Messiah Yeshua. God set forth Yeshua as an atonement through faith in his blood to show his righteousness in passing over sins already committed. Through God's forbearance, he demonstrates his righteousness at the present time, that he himself is just and also the justifier of the one who puts his trust in Yeshua. Don't you love this? Isn't it great? On the cross, Yeshua was displayed as our sacrifice, atonement, and the fulfillment of what Yom Kippur is all about. So how would you share with Jewish people when they don't believe 
in the new covenant? So you share from the Hebrew scriptures, right? We are all sinners before God. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, Surely there is not a righteous person on earth who does what is good and doesn't sin. And then the second thing you would say is from Isaiah 59.2, that sin separates us from God, and you have them read it. Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. The third thing you would do is you go to Nehemiah 9.28, which talks about repentance. When they repented and cried out to you, Lord, you heard from heaven, and according to your compassion, you delivered them many times. You, you have to explain to a Jewish person the idea of repentance many times. Believe it or not, they won't get it. Four, God forgives and redeems us through his great love. And you say, well, okay, we know about Yeshua, but where is this in the Hebrew Scriptures? Isaiah 53, 6. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us turned to his own way. So the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Who is him? Right? Who is him? He's the one with the great love that atones for our sins. Five, someone took our sins upon themselves. Who was it? Isaiah uh, 53, 11 and 12, the righteous one. My servant will make many righteous and he will bear their iniquities. Later on it says, he poured out his soul to death and was counted with transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. And so again, you ask, who is being spoken of here? It's, a, it's very exciting. You know, uh, the fall feasts are a picture of, of this uh, redemption that God offers us. Rosh Hashanah, the shofar blasts, and, and the Lord returns one day, right? Yom Kippur will be that final moment in time to accept Yeshua uh, for the atonement of your sins. And Sukkot, which we're talking about next week, right? Oh, and it's great. You can come Friday evening at 5 o'clock and, and help us um, decorate the sukkah. We'll even supply the pizza. How about that? Because we'll be finished with fasting. Not prayer, but fasting. So uh, Sukkot, we'll talk about it next week, but that's where we get gathered up and we tabernacle with the Lord. Oh, well, I pray that this radio program ministers to you. And you'll consider a monthly pledge or a one-time gift. Call Karen at 813-831-5673. That's at our office. Or you can go to our website, heartofmessiah.org. I appreciate your prayerful and financial involvement. And you know, if you would like to ask me a question or you'd like me to discuss something on air, uh, feel free to reach me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. I will respond to each person who emails me. And again, you can certainly call at the office number as well. It's a little harder to reach me that way. And once again, 
Can I ask you to invite a Jewish pre-believer to watch tonight Kol Nidre's service, Yom Kippur. It's at 7 p.m. this evening. And tomorrow, it's at 11 a.m. You can find this on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com backslash Shoresh David. Lord, I just thank you and praise you for this season. I thank you for this time that we had together. And I pray, Lord, that you, Father, would make yourself our first priority. I want our first priority to be you, Lord, and that you would grow within us. And so our desire would be to have a heart like Messiah. Grow us in this time, Lord. Touch us. Move upon us. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel